This is a public announcement. Adrianians fans are reminded to check that their tennis boosters are up to date and that they have purchased their own hand sanitizers. It's time for the big one. Albion Rovers away. El Buck Fastico. Saturday sees us travel down to Clifton Hill to face our near neighbours in the Scottish Cup. I speak to an Albion Rovers fan who is talented, funny, handsome, and you've guessed it, not from Coatbridge. Musician Gav Prentice joins me to talk through his lifelong love affair with the Coatbridge Club, the highs and lows of supporting them, what he really thinks of Airdrie, and his many musical and theatrical ventures. Gav's a talented guy, but more importantly, he's a good guy. Please give him a follow on Twitter, at Gav Prentice, and check out his back catalogue. Now, on with the show. Okay, it's a special OTL podcast because this Saturday is the big one. It's El Buck Fastico. Uh, I like for the bigger games to do one of these preview shows. Um, I was struggling to think who I knew that was a Rovers fan. And then I was watching the Terrace uh, TV show on Friday night. And the last minute winner was a cracking song from an Albion Rovers fan. And I've managed to get him on the line. So welcome to the OTL podcast, Gav Prentice. Hello. Hi Gav, how are you? <laughs> yes, no bad, no you, bad. You enjoying the limelight? Hi, hi, I am getting like recognised by like folk that live in the same close as me and that, which is weird. Gav, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're an Albion Rovers fan, you, you did that song which we'll come on to in a bit, but what's the story, how did you end up supporting Albion Rovers? Well, aye, this is the thing, I'm a bit of a fraud really, right, because I... I'm from Bathgate originally, not Coat Bridge. So when folk say, oh, that's great, you support your local team, I actually don't support my local team. Uh, so my mum is from Coat Bridge and my gran lives up the hill, which is a line in the song that you were just talking about, where I say my gran lives up the hill. So yeah, I would often be going to the Rovers on a Saturday. My dad would take me. My dad actually became a Rovers fan after starting to go out with my mum. So my mum's dad uh, took him to a Rovers game. She was like a shift worker. She's a um, nurse. So he would find himself at a loose end on a Saturday. So he ended up getting the bug and going to the Rovers. It's weirdly an infectious thing, even though it's hardly like full of honours down years. Um, so I, I got brought up with it, going to visit my gran, then going to the game. So it's completely normal to me, even although it probably is a wee bit unusual for it not to be your local team and for it to still be your team. I think there'll be a lot of Airdrie fans listening and it's family ties that have, have taken them along. But tell us a bit more about the, the, the Rovers team that you started going to see. So what era was that? What what, what your early memories of supporting the Rovers? I, when, I first, when I started going like properly all the time, it was the Jimmy Crease era, which is not one that's fondly remembered. So I think we might have been like second bottom or bottom. We're talking like mid-90s when I was a wee guy. Um, And I remember that it wasn't a well-performing team, but we had a few absolutely brilliant players. We had Joe McBride, who I'm trying to remember who he used to play for. Um, But he would like curl in. He's amazing. He was amazing, like dead ball specialist. Uh, and we had Doogie Bell and Bobby Russell. Bobby Russell used to play for Rangers, I think. Um, but these were like sort of guys that had played at a much higher level and we were getting them right at the end of their career, you know. And you'd get kind of like 20 minutes out of them that where they were just absolutely class. Um, so when you're wee and you're just seeing like just these sudden bits of skill and you're not really much aware of like the broader 
sort of form of the team or anything. You're just going and you're seeing like suddenly there's a really good goal or something, and then you're like, yes, that's you. You're swept up in it. Um, um, that's and- that sounds like the my era of football as well. So my early memories of Rovers. Do you remember the, the, the lotto jersey you had that looked like somebody tipped the, the barbecue out on top of the top of a yellow jersey? Yes, uh, and I think that's still like my favourite top. I absolutely love that top. Uh, uh, that's iconic. I think AC Milan had a, a, a training top or an away top or something about the age, but that was, uh, it was really, oh, it's iconic, isn't it? It's, it's not, there's not many football tops look like, look like that one. Aye. It's mad that that was, yeah, because at the time it was like um, Football Italia was on the telly. So, like, that kind of 90s, like, football fashion thing, it was really Italian at the time. I think that's probably what folk that were really into their football that was really like Italy that they were looking towards. And then we weirdly had these lotto tops at the Rovers. It's like really bizarre when you think about it. Um, but I, I remember that was the team, so that would have been the lotto jersey would have been like just after the period that I'm talking about, like a season or two after. And that was Vinnie Moore. And our fortunes got much better at that point. Um, and yeah, I think when we had that top would have been the season that Levy came into the league and yeah we suddenly turned things around we actually managed we were one of the few teams that beat Levy at, at Almondville that season which was incredible a beautiful moment in my life that I still think of fondly so you'd have been happy going into school West Lothian just after that match I take it yes absolutely yeah because suddenly there was all these supposed Levy fans around <laughs> me <laughs> and I was like getting absolute pelters I mean I got pelters anyway uh, but I really did enjoy that. That was amazing. <laughs> and, and if we're getting into banter grounds ahead of the the, the match on Saturday, uh, I, I quite like as an Edgewood fan treating the, the Rovers with a bit of disdain because growing up uh, with Monklands Gate going on and Coatbridge might have had the time capsule and I might have had Summer Lee and uh, Monklands District Council didn't really do us any favours when we were looking for planning permission for grounds, uh, but there was, was this kind of your local civic pride and Airdrie were good then and we were getting to cup finals and Rovers were propping up the league so it was this we didn't really have much to uh-huh. do with you fast forward a few years though uh, and we fall, we'd we fallen on harder times I mean we were both in League 1 for an extended period there uh, and there will be a game which I'm sure uh, you might remember when I ask you about your favourite memories of uh, supporting the Rovers uh, when I stayed for all seven of the goals uh, so it's become oh, good on you, <laughs> it's, good uh, on you. It, it feels like it's become more of a derby than, than it would have been when I was growing up there's a couple of things I want to ask you about uh, You've read the cup runs in the 90s, but we've had nothing for years and years and years. Uh, Rovers, you beat Motherwell, which we'd love to do in the cup, uh, and then went on to play Rangers and, and get robbed. I mean, what was that like? Is somebody who'd suffered the bad years to suddenly have these massive highs? Aye, I feel like when, but I've, I've got memories of like good cup runs even when we were rubbish, though. Like, I think that, like, that was amazing. The, the cup run you're talking about there, going to Ibrox, like, that was really amazing that was brilliant and I was at the game when we beat Motherwell and it was great I remember James McFadden coming on kind of late in the game and I was thinking oh, I mean even although it's James McFadden at the end of his career if he runs at a League 2 defence like we're not going to be able to do anything about it but he weirdly just like contented himself with his wee sideways passes and was just not much of a threat and we were just like oh my god this is mental we're going to actually do this and then yeah, going to Ibrox, being robbed, as you said, like, and actually it was really nice that, like, 
think all Scottish football were with us on that, on that one, where they were like, what? That was that was never a goal, you know? It was a clear foul on the keeper. Um, so, yeah, that was amazing. That is the best cup run that we've had, clearly. Um, but I remember even in the 90s, like the rubbish 90s sides, like we went, played Hearts at Tynecastle, um, sort of mid-90s, that was an amazing Hearts team, that... Um, I remember Jose Katongo and like all of these guys, you know. Um, I think Davy Weir would have been with them at that time. Is that right? Sounds it sounds about right. Yeah. Aye. Um, so I, I feel like we've always had like we, you know, even beating Falkirk and stuff like tells us that would be a huge thing. Um, but it's this frustrating thing of like, see, even that season actually we where we played Rangers and that that was a disappointing season actually for us. That was before. Um, we really started being like, yeah, getting that, that better period again. That was in one of our trough periods <laughs> that we've had over the past decade. Paul Martin comes in, that seemed to be a bit of a turning point. Aye. That's probably my favourite team, I think, because so we got promoted through the playoffs and then we won the playoffs to stay up. <laughs> uh, so we were playoff champions two years in a row, um, which is kind of that's dubious honour. We obviously didn't do well enough in League One to um, just stay up um, normally but like that team was that's what was like the crazy gang era that they call it I suppose so you've got like Big John Gemmell and Kieran Donnelly and that like these big big characters in the team um, who had this reputation that they carried about with them and um, there was a real atmosphere around that actual squad I think where they just seemed really tight unit and um, yeah even like the Darren Young team that came later was like a, probably a better squad and stuff, you know, and like certainly did better in the league, like actually winning the league. But um, that Daisy Gang team, the Paul Martin team, that was just, and he'd been about actually he'd wore that that Lotto jersey that you were t- talking about. He was the he was team captain when in that era, aye, in the nineties. But, but so the Crazy Gang, you think the fans could relate to them a bit more? Aye, definitely, definitely, because you'd see them and they'd, they'd be up for a for a laugh in that and like chatting to the fans and yeah he seemed like a really funny bunch of guys you know and Clifton Hill provides as the song says so what's, what's the magic of Clifton Hill what does it mean to you well it's it's really really personal to me the fact that it's right next to my grand's house you know and that when you walk down like so my granddad used to drink in Owen's pub you know and actually the big Oni who is Owen um who's long gone now, sadly. Um, he was a good friend of my granddad's. So it's just even, it's like walking down past my grand's and then past Owen's or, and stopping in there and and like going in to the ground, walking along the wall um, on the way over. And that's all like just totally ingrained in like sort of the, my family history. So it's really just intensely personal for me. But obviously, when something's like personal like that to you, and it gets like slagged off as much as Clifton Hill does, because <laughs> it's obviously seen better days, um, you become really super defensive of it, and actually, like the way that it's kind of run down and stuff becomes kind of weirdly part of the charm, um, where it's like we always—I don't know—can I swear on this, or would you rather? I don't no, swear? you're fine. You go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. So like, it's it's a shithole, but it's our shithole. I think that's how we, what we think of it as. Um, where it's like, well, it's ours, and it's it's just all with, all with these memories to do with the Rovers are all there. So, yeah, I wouldn't really change it. I would see it 
get improved, definitely, but I would love for it to always be there in the future, you know. And look, uh, whoever might slag it off or whatever, Airdrie fans are excited about coming down on uh, Saturday because our lovely 10,000-seater stadium doesn't have atmosphere, whereas when we're in your place for a derby, the place feels full, uh, the little terrace behind the goals, which they have upgraded in recent years. Yeah. Uh, it's great being in there, and you feel like you're in quite a big crowd rather than rattling about in a big uh, sterile stand. So uh, I'm all for grounds rather than stadiums. And uh, yes, yeah. the, the old stand's minging, <laughs> but uh, the, there is a magic ah. about grounds that don't all look the same. Uh, so uh, long may it continue to be there. Well, we're talking about Livingston. I mean, that would be the other end of the spectrum of that kind of like soulless thing to me. <laughs> Just to like really put the boot into Livingston on an Airdrie podcast or something. <laughs> you get a reverse man. <laughs> it's probably not what you're expecting. But yeah, like, and that's why. So that I did a play earlier this year, which I, I wrote and um, performed. It was just like a one man show. And I did it at the Tron Theatre in Glasgow, but then did one afternoon show at in Clifton Hill in the lounge. And I wanted it to feel like um, it, you were in like a social club, you know? And that's what the Rovers feels like to me. I think it's just small enough that it's got, it feels kind of like a social club where there's some football as well. <laughs> and it's, it's just the charm of that. And I know that's a nightmare to the people involved in the club organise things and that work there and um, it's got its problems as a structure <laughs> but like yeah it's ours and let's move on to the derby then so you're not mm-hmm. a native of Coat Bridge but, but the Rovers fans in general what, what do they think with Airdrie coming to town well there's obviously this is the local derby this is the local rivalry um, I think that probably Airdrie fans weirdly despite the 7-2 being such a brilliant moment for us I think Airdrie fans look forward to these games more because these are more likely to win them and see this game on Saturday I don't know many Rovers fans that are really like looking forward to this I think we're worried because we're in mixed to poor form at the moment and you guys are flying obviously so I am worried and not particularly looking forward to it uh, I mean, a derby is always good. It's always interesting, but like, I don't fancy our chances, to be honest with you. And I'm not just saying that because it's you and it's this, this podcast. Uh, I, I think that's fair. We we have won four games back to back, and we we have this weird record this year where I can't remember what number we're at, but see, it's eight away games. We've won seven of them, so our, our form on the road is much better than at home. But we haven't won. We haven't gubbed teams. Uh, I would expect it to be tight. I do think that Clifton Hill uh, will give you something. I mean, you drew the Cove earlier in the the year. You're one of the few teams to do that, so yeah, that's true. You need to put in, you need to put in a good performance. But if if Airdrie, any Airdrie player turns up uh, thinking that it will be an easier game, a lot of it's going to be stuff cliches. It's going to be about heart. It's going to be about effort. Uh, the game, the ball will probably not see a lot of the ground for the first ten, fifteen minutes. So, uh, I think it will. Yeah. I think it will be a leveler. Uh, and uh, if you can go off to a good start, then the support that we take down will be kept quiet. So, um, 
I mean, we are looking forward to it, and and we hope that we can. What's it, Craig Levine's line? Keep the natural order restored. Oh, <laughs> but, God, <right. laughs> uh, but we've had our fingers burned before, so uh, I I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't write off anyone. I don't think there'll be that much between the teams. Uh, there's certainly not much between any of the teams in League One, and uh, and we've seen in recent years that even the Lowland Leagues and the Highland uh, League teams they can compete so um, yeah. I, I'm expecting a, a tight game uh, and it might be just whoever takes the chances will, uh, will sneak it I've also seen that worryingly on, on Pie and Bovril some every fans suggesting they're not that bothered about the Scottish Cup as if we're <laughs> big enough that we can <laughs> maybe can just <laughs> yeah, focus just on the league yeah the league yeah aye yeah whatever <laughs> um, aye I don't know like it's We've got some good players. Like you mentioned, the Cove game earlier this season that we we played really well that day, and I really after that game, I I was like, oh man, we're like we will actually be in contention, you know, to get promoted here and stuff. Um, not to write that off at this point in the season, it's totally possible. It's like always a tight league in that. Although Cove are obviously like running away with, like they're going to be champions by, like by anyone's guess, I'm sure. But um. But yeah, like actually, like, just really inconsistent, and it depends what Rovers team turn up really. And I just worry if it's not a good one, then it could be really bad for us. Because um, that, I mean, we don't really tend to like hand out massive humpings, but the seven-two game, just to mention it again, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like that, I think they really caused it. Was a derby? They really smelled blood that day, you know. That was that crazy gang team we're talking about, and just worry that that would happen in the derby. Then you get, you know, you, you get that smell of blood. Like the, we were quite a young team. Like what if they get nervous? I'm going to stop now because now I'm just like making myself sad, and it's not even happened yet. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I mean, that's all all fair, but I don't. I, I can't see uh, Saturday being. Um, a landslide for for either team. Um, let's talk a bit about your gaffer. So, so last year, uh, Rovers really looked to be in the, the precipice. There was yourselves and breaking. Uh, sorry, yourselves and Berwick down there. Um, uh, but they, I think they'd got a result at Clifton Hill there, earlier in the season, and you looked dead and buried. You brought in Kevin Harper, uh, and he turned the form round enough to get you out of trouble and, and quite comfortably out of trouble by the, the the closing days of the season. What did they do, and, and what do you think he's got as a, a manager? Well, there was a bunch of different players came along um, that he brought in. Um, he seemed to actually for a while the performances got a lot better, but we still weren't getting results for the first while that he was there actually. There was a point where it wasn't looking good, where clearly he'd made changes, he had them playing differently. It was looking better to us, but we were still just losing out. Um, and that was the point that we really started to worry, where it was like, right, we're not catching the brakes here. Like, this is just not happening for us. But then the, the results did come. I think there was a lot of patience there shown and faith shown in the manager and him showing faith in the players and all of that, you know, and it, it did come good. So I... I think it's just that and it's just putting the right things in place like getting a professional set up and having faith that that will pay off in the end um, it is a young team so like this season it just seems to be like quite inconsistent um, but we have got good players like that are capable of doing like great stuff so give us a couple of names so who who would you tip for uh, a good career in football I really like Declan Byrne um, I really like Big Smart. 
Sean Fagan, I think, is really good. Um, I got to pick the... Me and my wife got to pick the man of the match at the Cove game. Because um, he was great. Like, a couple of really amazing, like, goal-line clearances. Um, so, Heiser's good. All over, and diff- like, all over the park, we've got, like, talent there. Definitely. How were you um, picking man of the match? Were you match sponsor or something? No, it was... Um, so, because I'd done the play at the ground and also um, my wife's a graphic designer and she we did this album over beer I don't know if you've seen this no no there was an entry ML6 lager a, a couple of years ago so maybe need to have oh, a, cool. a taste competition here so what was the uh, what was Albion Rovers beer I well this is the there's a local brewery a microbrewery in Coat Bridge called Veterans Brewing mm-hmm. it's guys that were in army and are now brewers and uh, so they made a beer for the Rovers and it was like the Albion Centenary beer so it's like the Centenary Clifton Hill Stadium that was for so it was this kind of we had a tasting night in the ground and they made like a golden ale and like a red one as well so it was like red and yellow um, and I think it was like a dark sort of porter thing as well um, and the golden one won the votes and became the Albion Rovers beer and so my wife designed the label for it and the label's got like the kind of summer wee gates and it's got like the ground on it and stuff. Uh, so you can get it in a couple of shops in Copebridge, I think. Be worth, even for Airdrie fans, worth a visit to Copebridge to go and buy some of this beer. Yeah, well, my, um, mate, my mate's racing at the moment. I think I might do a competition with the podcast followers on what a, an Albion Rovers beer might taste like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or a Clifton Hill beer might taste well, I didn't, like. Well, I didn't know that there was a... Um, it's really nice, genuinely. I'm not just saying that. It's really, really good. Uh, I didn't know there was an energy beer. Uh, so uh, it wasn't quite as deep. We had um, a fan, Alison Black, and she was involved in the Sports Trust at that time, but she's always worked in the, the brewing industry. And the Lerwick Brewery have got, I'll, I'll get the name oh. wrong here, but it's called something like 72 Degrees North or whatever latitude or long de- longitude their brewery's on. Their aye, lager's aye. called that, and they just rebadged it. So like, we, did, right. we did the label design, but it was it was an off-the-shelf lager, uh, but, but rebranded with... X amount of the cost of every bottle going to the Sporters Trust and it got into a number of local pubs uh, so uh, I mean, it, was, it was a great venture and stuff but it wasn't quite as um, bespoke as, it, as yours there sounds um, but, uh, no, that's really interesting I will look out to see if I can uh, see if we can get some of that yeah aye yeah so that that was why we were there um, we got like a day in the boardroom because we'd both done these things for the club Um so I like we were there and got to pick man of the match and I got to see like see the boardroom and stuff see a wee corner of Clifton Hill as small as it is a wee corner that I hadn't actually seen before which was really cool excellent All right, and then let's come on to so I found out about you um, through this song that you did on uh, on the show that went out on Friday night but you are uh, a keen and very talented musician uh, and you've also talked about doing a bit of play stuff there so just tell us about about yourself Gav what musical ventures are you involved in and and where can people find out more Uh, aye so the main focus for my songwriting is called ultras obviously that word can mean something to do with football it can mean other things as well Uh, so I've got an album which is also called ultras uh, and if you go to ultrasband.com you can see um, tracks off that album and you can buy it if you want or you see tour dates coming up on that as well. Um, and yeah, sometimes I play stuff on my own, just under my own name as well. 
I used to be in a band called Over the Wall, um, which was named after the Albion Rovers fanzine for the late 80s, early 90s, kind of league-winning side era. And um, I also make music for theatre, so I try and do all these things, like sort of ram them all together, and it makes some semblance of like a career at the end of it. <laughs> Good, no good. Uh, and what are you working on right at this minute? What's what's keeping you busy? Well, I've actually just finished a whole bunch of gigs for um, Broken Chanter as well. So this is a, a guy called David McGregor who's in a band called Kid Canaveral. This was his sort of solo side project. And I played guitar on that album and wrote two of the songs with him as well. Um, so you could also check that out. Um, so just come off the back of doing a lot of Broken Chanter stuff. Um, and now it's going to be returning to new ultra stuff. So there should be new ultra stuff online starting next year. Yeah, and then to finish with, and we'll play out with it. Um, the the song that you wrote for the Rovers. So you said it's not indicative of what you do normally. Um, but but how did that come about? Did, was that just something you did in your spare time, or uh, were you approached to do it for for the program? Aye. So the program, I think. I think it was a guy, um, the, the record label Jerry Loves Records, that are based in Edinburgh. Um, I think it was one of those boys, it was either Andy or Paddy from Jerry Loves Records, had told them um, to get in touch with me because I was a Rovers fan, because um, they were kind of fishing around for musicians that supported maybe smaller teams. And they did, and they were like, is there a Rovers song? Because obviously like, some folk have done stuff like... Um, I know Louis Fiano Fallow did Sunshine on Leith for Hibs, which is an obvious one and like, um, and a great song, obviously. Uh, but the Rovers don't really have that, you know. We don't have like a, an obvious song like that that I could just go and play. So I said like, I don't. I would love to do it, but I don't know what I would do. Um, I suppose I could write one, and then they were like, right, great, cool, just write one then, I. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, oh, hey, okay, bloody hell. So I had like a week, um, and between I was doing loads of broken channel gigs at the time so there was something like one day that I had like I had, yeah an afternoon and an evening at some point were like the time that I had left to really work on it so I had to just like get it done write the song quickly um, I knew what I wanted it to sound like a kind of Billy Bragg like folky choppy folky thing um, so I just did it and tried not to think about what folk would think of it because I kept thinking I'm just going to get absolute pillars for this no matter what it sounds like I know I, I, I disagree uh, the, <laughs> the guys that listen to this often I throw in the odd musical number and they're awful uh, I can you can do two <laughs> things that I can't do which is play guitar and sing uh, so I'm very jealous but but what comes through uh, absolutely clearly is just your, your passion for supporting that football club and, and what it does mean to you the, the, the lyrics are, are very clear on it it's a shame I, I mean I understand you were quite ill uh, when you recorded it because you had to cough just before you said the word Deirdre. Yeah. <laughs> but well, other, other than that, be... it's not a bad recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would be the most gentle way possible to just give a wee dig. I think the old firm get it harder in that song, actually. There's like a verse where I'm talking about buses leaving and and that, you know, that's I think that's the... And that, that would express my feeling. I mean, you kind of asked about this earlier and I, I dodged it slightly. But like, that would express my feeling is that like, Airdrie are obviously the rivals in that, but in reality, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on this podcast, when I do speak to Airdrie fans, it's depressingly, like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you almost want them to be, like, villainous, and they're not, 
you know, actually it turns out that they're much like us, like they're watching the local team. Um, so yeah, there is like a small element of Airdrie fans, obviously that is worse than that, but I think the vast majority are just the same as us. And that's my honest view. Uh, and like, the way I approach these these things, when I, when I speak to other fans, I'm always interested about the story and how they got into their clubs. And I think uh, even old firm fans have got their stories as to, to how they ended up there, but I'm far more interested in how someone's come to be a, a diehard Rovers fan. Uh, I think it's a far more interesting story. Uh, and uh, I think you would find that across both our supporters. So uh, I, I hope there is uh, the usual derby atmosphere in, uh, on Saturday, but I, I don't think there is any real hatred there, other than it's our chance to get back at the Old Monklands District Council, which has nothing to do with Albion Rovers. <laughs> uh, but but it's a, it's a, the, the only people standing out there for Cope Bridge that we can take on in a sporting context. So, um, no, I, I'm really looking forward to it. And here's Gav to play us out with a song that he penned for Albion Rovers. Remember, at Gav Prentice on Twitter if you want to hear more. <laughs> Hello, I am Gav Prentice from Ultras and I am an Albion Rover supporter. I've never watched for over the wall With wee guys in our bottles You'll find me in the throng behind the tunnel this is where I fall This is where I'm done for This is where we replace all our troubles The iron butter tries Clifton Hill provides It's the rovers round my neck And that's alright I'll watch the buses leave Hunting glory and old rivalries Well they can go, I'm staying in Coat Dyke Cos my gran lives up the hill And when I see that iron will The team with two last names will do me fine The iron borough tries Clifton Hill provides It's the rovers round my neck And that's alright We all know that you don't choose Cos your teammate chooses you and if it's rovers in your blood, you're something special. Cos just off the ME, just before you get to Airdrie, Clifton Hill still smiling bright and white. The iron butter tries, Clifton Hill provides. It's the rovers round my neck. And that's all right Wearing the rovers round my neck And doing fine
One last thing. By subscribing to this podcast, wherever you find it, you will get for free excellent podcast content, or at least me trying my very best. There is one thing we ask for in return. Airdrie ladies continue to struggle to find funding. It costs £4,500 to keep them going every season, and we can put a big dent in that number. £5, £10, whatever you can afford, please go to gofundme.com forward slash Airdrie dash ladies dash fundraising and give what you can. It would be massively appreciated. (laughs) 